On today's show, the Bucks get blown out by the Oklahoma City Thunder, but it was the second time that we saw Dame and Giannis play together on a Milwaukee team. We've got plenty of takeaways from what we saw from that star duo. Malik Beasley went crazy. Andre Jackson Jr. showed some real positive signs. Plenty to discuss as the preseason rolls on. The Bucks now 2-2. Two and two. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. On Bucks, my name's Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And I'm writing solo for this post-game podcast. The Milwaukee Bucks go down to the Thunder, 124 to 101 on the road. They've been on the road for a while. They'll now come home for one last preseason game on Friday night against the Memphis Grizzlies, and then get themselves prepared for a season opener against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, we thank everyone. Uh, for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single weekday, we are starting to get really excited. And we saw our second glimpse of Giannis and Dame on the same team tonight. We're going to speak about that a lot here. Uh, I will say, uh, just quickly, a little bit of an announcement for the podcast coming up in the next couple of days. So if you're an everyday listener, make sure you subscribe, turn the notifications on, drop a comment, a like, and get involved in the show and you'll keep up to date with this announcement coming here for Locked On Bucks very, very soon. Uh, but we appreciate the support. Nonetheless, the show continues to build, and we love that. So 124 to 101, the final here. Uh, the Bucks had some moments of offense where it looked like they were starting to get rolling, but uh, whether it was the first quarter or then late as this game blew out uh, from late in the third quarter onwards, the Bucks' offense was a, a point of fascination for me because we continue to see how the star duo of Giannis and Dame are going to look in their early minutes. And we'll start with Damian Lillard tonight. Only the second time he's played, he finishes two for 11 from the field, uh, 0 for 5 from three. He did get to the free throw line and even missed two free throws. He was minus 13 overall. He only had five points uh, and he did play 25 minutes. Uh, Overall, I'm not too concerned about Damian Lillard missing some shots in this game. We have referenced the fact that he's noted a couple of times that uh, it's going to take him some uh, a while to get his legs back. He hasn't done a lot of five-on-five five over the offseason. And while he did say in a couple of interviews that his legs were feeling pretty good after the first game, I think it was pretty noticeable that a lot of his jump shots were short tonight. Uh, with someone with the absolute best range in the NBA, uh, bar maybe Steph Curry, yeah, I don't think that you have to worry too much about Damian Lillard's legs. It will take some time uh, to come back to him. And I saw a few people referencing the fact that and I think there might have been Blazers fans of referencing the fact that maybe Dame has had some struggles in the preseason before. So I thought I'm going to look into these numbers. Last year, 15 points per game, 39% from the field, 33% from three. In 2021, 37% from the field, 25% from three. And then in 2021, 45% from the field, 31% from three. So uh, let's face it, over the last few years, this is not exactly a shock to see Dame taking a while to get into it. And I still think that there's going to be some levels of comfort for him in terms of uh, when does he take his shot? 
Is he totally comfortable right now playing alongside Giannis? Probably not. And it is going to take some time for this combination together. But in terms of positives for what he was able to do for this offense, I don't think you have to look much further than Malik Beasley tonight. He was just teeing up wide open three after wide open three. And I do think when we talk about the decisions that opposition defenses are going to have to make, one of them is going to be leaving the guy uh, on, on the weak side three-point line, whether he's the shooter that's going to be open. Is there going to be uh, a man uh, just off the, the pick-and-roll action between Giannis and Dame if they're going to throw, throw two guys at Dame and then you know that the help is coming for, for Giannis if he's the role man? So there is going to be open shots. The questions we've asked ourselves, uh, is it going to be Chris Middleton when he's out on the floor? Is it going to be this man, Malik Beasley? And maybe that's why there is some appeal for him as the fifth starter. But if we just look at the line uh, for Beasley tonight, and let's face it, we have said it time and time again, he is one of the highest volume three-point shooters in the league on a per-minute basis. He was 7 for 13 overall, but 11 of his 13 shot attempts came from three, and he hit six of them. So you're going to take that every single night. He did lead the team in scoring with 20 points here. And, you know, if you're... Uh, Adrian Griffin right now. This is a nice early test case for what could be the impact offensively of Malik Beasley playing with the starting five. Now, I think generally, if you look at the Bucs and you're the opposition defense, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder tonight, I think that you are going to be satisfied, even though tonight this was a very efficient night for Malik Beasley. I think you're going to be satisfied if you're the opposition, if Beasley is taking more shot attempts then Giannis and Damian Lillard, 12 shot attempts for Giannis, 11 tonight for Dame, 13 for Beasley. So I think that that's where the balance will come in for Milwaukee. When is Dame going to score a little bit more? And we saw him put the ball on the floor in the second half and get to the rack, get to the free throw line a couple of times. Because I do still think that he's been, he's been a facilitator. He's making some nice passes, but he's not at his absolute aggressive scoring best just at this point in time. Again, not worried about that. These are just the intriguing things to watch if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan. Um, but overall, tonight, uh, Malik Beasley did take the opportunities that came his way, and he was able to knock down those threes, which is a positive because whether it is a starting role or coming off the bench, uh, him being able to be a 40-plus percent three-point shooter is going to be big uh, for this team. There's no question there. So uh, let us know what you thought about Damian Lillard specifically in his first game with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, not a lot of concerns, again, for the overall shooting efficiency. Um, it was still fun to see him out on the floor. I don't think that both Giannis and Dame, when you talk about the function of the half-court offense, I don't think that they were benefited in this game in particular by some of the players that weren't there. So we've discussed Robin Lopez a little bit. And, you know, I haven't seen a lot in the preseason that tells me that he's going to be a rotation player for this team. You would love to swap those minutes with another shooter, another offensive threat in Bobby Portis there because I don't think you know defensively even Robin Lopez is where he used to be, certainly in the small sample size we've seen. So if you take Brook Lopez out and then you have Robin there and you don't have Bobby Portis coming off the bench, it's going to change the dynamics of the offense and it overall takes away our ability to look at this game and have some major takeaways from this. Um, there was also no Jay Crowder in this game and obviously still no Chris Middleton. So realistically, we are entering the start of this regular season with many, many questions still to answer. And that's totally fine. I'm not stressing out about that. And I don't think Bucks fans should be. I just think in general, 
because you've got a superstar offensive player like Dame on the floor, there is going to be a general impatience because I think Bucks fans would be excited for the first night where Dame really gets off the chain offensively and has 25, 30, 35 points and hits six threes. It's going to be fun the first time it happens. But if you're asking me whether you care whether it happens in a preseason game in Oklahoma City or potentially next week on national TV in a season opener against the Philadelphia 76ers, I know which one I would probably be uh, preferring would be the case there. So let us know uh, any concerns, any positives, any thoughts overall from the Dame Lillard factor on this game. And next, we're going to get to Giannis and his impact on this game because I thought, again, Giannis looked great in this one. So we're going to talk plenty of Giannis coming up next after we talk about Bird Dogs, the sponsor of today's podcast and uh, in Australia right now. If I look outside, the weather is absolutely superb. And that means that it's shorts weather. That means it's bird dogs weather. And bird dog shorts, the stretch khaki shorts, they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Uh, They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. And the way bird dogs was able to fix that issue was inventing the cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit. Without having to sacrifice movement, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, And it's pretty easy to get involved in the action here. Just go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter the promo code locked on NBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. Uh, We can absolutely promise you that. All right, Lockdown Bucks rolls on here. The Bucks go down to the Thunder 124 to 101. Don't forget to get involved in the show. And I did say a bit of an announcement coming up for the show, so make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you turn the notifications on over the next few days. Tune in. Uh, to hear what is going to be happening with this show as it leads in uh, to the regular season here. Memphis Grizzlies to wrap up the preseason. And then uh, the Bucs will lead into the season opener against the Philadelphia 76ers. No messing around with this season. But just on that one preseason game left, let me know how you're feeling and what you're thinking about how the Bucs should manage this game. I think everyone can look at the combination so far of Lillard and Giannis, and they didn't even play all their minutes together tonight. You probably look at it and say, it wouldn't hurt if Damian Lillard gets another run in. Uh, He did play 24 minutes tonight. I think it's worth noting that this was a a second game in three nights for him, first run for the Bucs, first run in a while, as he's referenced, scrimmaged a little bit with Milwaukee, but they've also had a, a training camp type situation. So again, not a huge surprise that the legs were a little bit off for Dame, but now they've got two days off and they come home. Maybe particularly if you live in Milwaukee, do you want to see Dame and Giannis on the floor together in this final preseason game? Based on the suggestions we've heard, it sounds like Chris Middleton is going to be out there, but we don't know that for sure. So let us know how you would treat uh, this final preseason game. And by the way, yes, if anyone's wondering, I am wearing a Connecticut Sun WNBA T-shirt. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Connecticut recently, went to a couple of games and bought myself a shirt. So if anyone's wondering why the heck I'm wearing this shirt on this podcast, that's why. Just went for a run. It's beautiful conditions outside. So I got the T-shirt on. Let's get to Giannis in this game against the Thunder. And a pretty nice line uh, overall from Giannis 
himself outside of the minus seven on the box score, but the Bucks lost this game handily. For the second straight game that he was really efficient from the floor. So he's eight for 12 tonight. He was really able to get what he wanted from a scoring perspective. And now that means he's 15 for 22 overall across two preseason games, three for three from the free throw line. uh, We'll take that. I've seen a lot on Twitter. Uh, A lot of people having conversations about the new routine. How long was it taking him at the free throw line? That's not really my forte. I'll leave that for Frank to get into the free throw routine stuff. As long as he's knocking them down, I don't give a stuff what he does at the free throw line. He was impactful on the glass tonight, and he was able to really push the tempo. And I think that that's going to be the fascination for me with the Lillard, with the Giannis combo. Again, we saw tonight a lot of Giannis taking the rebound, getting straight into transition. This is an absolute strength of his. It's going to be a watch point moving forward. Not a lot of assists uh, tonight for Giannis, only the two. But I think overall, if you look at the way uh, the Bucks were shooting the ball, 39% overall, it's not a surprise that there were some missed opportunities. I know early in the game, again, we talk about Marjan Bochamp as being a real confidence player. And there was a couple of golden opportunities, wide open corner threes for Marjan to knock down. And if he does hit those early shots, you feel like, okay, now Marjan is starting to feel in his groove. He's starting to feel in a rhythm and he's able to take over the game. He missed them both. And Bochamp looked like he was a little down on himself. I think that's going to be something to continue to watch because I'm going to talk about Andre Jackson Jr. in just a little bit on this podcast. But those would have been a couple of nice assists early in this game. The steals are fascinating for this team. You know, I thought defensively, Giannis, we saw him guarding a lot more one-on-one rather than the help side stuff. He didn't have a block in this game. But he had a really, really nice play guarding Chet Holmgren on the halftime buzzer. It was at the end of a quarter. I'm sure it was halftime. We're just one-on-one. He's able to poke the ball away. I looked at the clock when Giannis grabbed this ball and there was around 2.2 seconds left and he's at half court just gaining momentum. I said, I don't know what he's doing. He's going to have to pull up for a three. He did not. He went all the way to the rack, dunked the ball somehow. It was just a fraction after the buzzer, but just a ridiculous play. And I do think, again, the defense is going to be a watch for this team. Without Middleton, Crowder, Brooke Lopez, don't worry about what you saw out there tonight. It doesn't really matter. But those type of one-on-one plays, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. On one hand, I am a little bit concerned about the foul trouble for this team, but Adrian Griffin has been on the front foot saying, we are going to be an aggressive defense. We're going to go for steals. We're going to go go for deflections. And overall, it's a fun brand of basketball to watch. But you look at the other side of the coin, and it looked like the Thunder, to me at least, were getting wide open threes whenever they wanted. Again, when you don't have some of those uh, better defenders on your roster, maybe that's an impactful reason why. But tonight, the Thunder shoot 46% from the three-point line. Uh, on a lot of attempts, and a lot of them felt like they were wide open. So, yeah, get involved in the conversation. Let us know what you thought about the defense. But Giannis, again, uh, plenty of transition stuff. He was able to bully a really young Oklahoma City Thunder team. And I think from a physical standpoint, these are always going to be the matchups that Giannis feels really good about. And tonight I had no concern that he was going to be able to be efficient. Uh, He hit a really nice kind of long two step back jumper. I'm not sure that's the highest percentage shot. I don't know how often we're going to see him go to that. We've certainly seen his back-to-the-basket game more on the baseline. Uh, This was a tough turnaround, fadeaway, went down, looked really nice. I am curious to see uh, how often he goes to the jump shot this season. I feel like he would be pretty determined 
after how he shot the ball last year to have a real rebound response this year. So uh, I don't mind him taking those shots. I've said that. Uh, I'm not going to be the type of person that's going to question Giannis for taking jump shots because he does so much for this team. He did have a wide open look from three. He wasn't able to knock that down. But just the positioning of Giannis offensively with Dame on the floor continues to be a watch point, as does the things he's doing defensively, including a lot of guarding and looking to be aggressive defensively one-on-one. So those are the things that I'm looking for for Giannis. Uh, We'll see whether he plays in this final preseason game uh, here against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Just quickly on this Oklahoma City Thunder team, 42 wins, I believe it was last year. It was around that mark. might have been 44. They're an absolute buzz team to take a big step up this season. And it's not not cool anymore to jump on the thunder and say they're going to be one of the big risers because I think the talent is there. Obviously, I've had a close look at this team for a long time because of my man, Josh Giddy, who continues to look like he's going to go to another level. But there's so much talent here. They're going to be really fun. I'm curious to see how how high they can rise in this Western Conference that is absolutely stacked. So let us know if you have any projections for the Oklahoma City Thunder this season. Uh, I'm certainly happy with all the draft picks this franchise has got and the youth on their side and the flexibility they have in the roster and the uh, the growth that you expect to see from this team. I'm very happy they're in the Western Conference because it looks like the Thunder are shaping up to be a power again. And I think they're going to be one of the more must-watch teams in the league. A few other thoughts from this game coming up here next, including Andre Jackson Jr. I thought he was really damn good again tonight. And I just wonder with the rotation what's going to happen with the young rookie. Andre Jackson Jr. chat coming up next after we talk about FanDuel, the sponsor of today's podcast. And you can snap into action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is very easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and there is much, much more. And speaking of over and unders, I'm curious whether you watching this Bucks team in preseason basketball, when people like to overreact a little bit, do you feel better or worse about the win total sitting at currently a FanDuel 53 and a half, the over or under? Would you take the over? Would you take the under? Let us know after you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and tip off the NBA season. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and locked on. We've been referencing... Andre Jackson Jr. on this podcast a lot. And just one quick comment on the Oklahoma City Thunder broadcast who we had to listen to tonight, or certainly I did on League Pass, didn't have the option for a local feed here for Milwaukee. Uh, I like the Thunder broadcast. I think they're awesome. But let's just clarify. There was multiple times where it was mentioned that, well, the Bucs played their starters for most of the night. I think there might have been a little bit of confusion from the announcer about Robin and Brooke Lopez because uh, let me tell you, that is not a straight swap. Brook Lopez is a significantly better player than Robin, so that was absolutely noteworthy uh, in this game. And then clearly uh, no Chris Middleton. And we don't even know who the fifth starter is. So technically they only played two starters and they played half a game. So I just wanted to dispute that little fact there because I'm sure there were some Bucks fans uh, listening to that and they were a little bit miffed. Andre Jackson Jr. A couple of things to note here tonight because it's 
it's an interesting line to look at. So he plays 20 minutes. And we asked the question a, a number of times, does it look like he's out of the rotation because he hasn't been in those early groups? And over the last couple of games, he's played mostly in the second half. Tonight, you have a few other players out of the lineup. So he comes in and he wasn't afraid to shoot. And look, this is the preseason. I think we've seen Jackson Jr. have an impact on the glass. We've seen him come up with steals. He had another two tonight. He had three assists. We know that he's a high IQ player and we know that he's able to facilitate and pass the ball. What we don't know about is his scoring. Now, he attempted eight three-point shots in this game. If I ask you listeners to take the over or under 0.5, let's set the line at 0.5, will Andre Jackson Jr. shoot more than eight threes in 0.5 games, more or less? I would take the less, uh, the, the fewer. I don't think he's, he's, I don't think he's having another game where he gets up more than eight three points a game uh, because he was certainly letting it fly. And a lot of them were open and I was happy. He knocked down a couple early in the game. He was probably feeling good about himself. It's the preseason, but this is another anomaly from the box score tonight. Jackson Jr. has 13 shot attempts, matches Beasley for a team high, uh, 12 points in those 13 shot attempts. So he's not going to be a scorer for this team, but there was another little moment that stood out to me and he just continues to have impact plays on this team. He continues to put his hand up to take the assignment against some of the better players of the opposition. And tonight it was Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And there was a play, I believe it was in the third quarter, where SGA put the ball on the floor, drove hard to the basket. And this guy's as impossible to slow down as anyone in the league. He's herky-jerky. He can use either hand. He jumps off either foot. He's a primetime scorer. He was top five in the MVP last year. And Jackson Jr. was called for a foul. And... Oh, he, he didn't seem happy about it. And this was also another play similar that happened uh, on uh, Josh Giddy as well. And then it looked like he was he was competitive. He was maybe talking a little bit. And then he got subbed out of the game. And the thing that I love is Adrian Griffin went straight up to him, put his arm around him and was hyping him up, firing him up and, and encouraging him for next time he comes out on the floor. I love the energy. And, and these are the little things you look at. And it doesn't mean absolutely everything. But when you combine the impact plays that he's been able to make already on this team, and then you look at the energy, you look at the engagement, and you look at how his teammates and coaching staff react to him, I just think that based on what we've seen, there is going to be an avenue and a path for this guy to work his way into the rotation. And we'll see whether it ends up being at the expense of Marjan Bochamp. I still think Bochamp is in the box seat to get those minutes to start the season pending the health of the entire roster. But Jackson Jr. has had a really nice preseason. And outside of our overall excitement to see Damian Lillard and Giannis play on the same team together, which is absolutely sky high, I think you have to walk away from here thinking, I don't know if I expected to see this much tonight uh, or in the preseason, I should say, uh, from Andre Jackson Jr. Uh, another quick couple of quick notes uh, from the box score camp- campaign tonight. I did not have his shot against. This is two out of three appearances for him that he struggled to shoot the ball. I'm not too concerned about that. AJ Green, as advertised, four for five from three on a night where uh, no one could really shoot the three outside of Malik Beasley. It was a a decent contribution, even if uh, the game was largely over there. And then Pat Connaughton played uh, big minutes in this game and he was uh, moved into the starting lineup with some of the changes uh, they had along the way there. So, uh, let us know what you thought. I am curious. I wasn't able to see just yet the post-game reaction 
but I would be fascinated to listen to Damian Lillard and Giannis. So there'll be plenty more reaction from those two superstars on the podcast uh, tomorrow once the dust settles from this one. One more preseason game to go. Let us know what you thought. The Bucks two and two in the preseason. Only one more game before the regular season tips off. We appreciate your support on the show. Still a very, very exciting time if you're a Bucks fan, I believe, with these new players on the roster. Uh, but maybe, as we've continued to see over the course of the two games so far, it is going to take a little bit of time for this team. And maybe there's going to be some off nights as everyone catches their legs, catches their rhythm, and learns how to play together in different lineups that Adrian Griffin is going to go to. Maybe the one thing to look forward to here from the final preseason game would be some Chris Middleton action. They said he's going to play in the preseason. There's only one game to go. We'll see if it happens on the weekend against the Memphis Grizzlies. couple more shows to round out the week on Locked on Bucks. We appreciate the support. Drop your feedback, and we'll see you tomorrow.